Historie Sure. Well, Matt, great to be part of the program. Um, I, I was uh, born and raised in Melbourne, spent the first 40 years of my life there, uh, a family of six, and, uh, and uh, left school at a young age and went into uh, working for a Japanese company and uh, before going into Bible college and, uh, and then later on training to be a psychologist. And uh, tell us a bit of your faith journey. Were you raised in a religious household? Look, I was raised in, a, in a, a family where my both my parents had a very strong faith, and uh, you know, and they've got their own backstory. But you know, really, quite an amazing uh, turnaround. I guess within a generation, within one generation, um, you know, they didn't come from uh, you know a very strong, active, uh, or family with an active faith. And so, for, uh, for for me to be raised in a family with mum and dad, heavily involved in church. Uh, uh, working with young people, uh, developing leaders. Mum was a natural counsellor and uh, and started a, a counselling centre there at the church that she was at. Uh, both of them had a very um, vibrant, I guess if you like, ministry to international students, so students who had uh, had come over from mainland China and Singapore and Malaysia and so on. And so our home was uh, constantly open, as they say. The light was always on. And... Uh, in spite of having a big family, Matt, we always just had enough food to feed everybody. <laughs> oh, wow, there you go. And was there a conversion experience at one stage, or was it just a gradual faith journey you developed? Yeah, that's a great question. Look, I, I, I think in, in some ways uh, it, it was gradual. I mean, I, I still recall as a 14-year-old actually making a decision that, uh, you know, that really I, I wanted to accept Christ as my as my Lord. And... And uh, but at the same time, I think my life was so deeply impacted by what I saw modelled by my parents. Uh, they weren't content in just being, uh, you know, a, a couple of people who wanted to sit in church, sit in the pews each day, and just listen to the word. But uh, they were very, very much focused on it. Um, you know, how, how to allow that faith to interact and benefit uh, wherever they were and the people around them. And tell us a bit about your career. What kind of work did you do after school? Yeah, so uh, you know, don't tell all my kids this. So, you know, it's, it's you know when they find out that I dropped out of school at a young age, <laughs> it, it's kind of you know they they kind of take that as a license. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, but uh, look, I, I did. I uh, wasn't very good at school, Matt, and um, but found an opportunity. I was working for a Japanese company in the area of sales, and uh, did that for a number of years. And and really, I think that was just. Uh, you know, God used that as an opportunity to, to grow to grow me a little and to, to help me to grow up, and um, and and really that was a catalyst for uh, me eventually making a decision to go to uh, to Bible College uh, in Lilydale, Victoria, uh, at BCV, and 
and uh, did that for a number of years and then spent a year in Papua New Guinea uh, in, a, in a missions context and then also working with young people out of Port Moresby. And um, that had a profound impact on, on my life. And uh, and so when I uh, came back from that, I uh, was working as a pastor for Clayton, uh, Clayton Church of Christ and uh, heavily involved with the local high schools and, uh, and actually uh, community services. Victoria got to work a lot with young people who are homeless and young people who had uh, very difficult backgrounds in terms of family situations, high conflict and domestic violence and so on. And that eventually led me to uh, to move into the field of psychology and, and study that and become a psychologist. And uh, from that, the work of uh, Focus on the Family Australia started. Well, it really has been an influential ministry, Focus on the Family Australia. I know for me personally, uh, the number of times I've heard one of their radio programs or one of their radio spots or I've uh, read something on their website, you know, it has helped me uh, in my marriage as a dad. It's helped me as a pastor in so many ways. Uh, It really is an incredible ministry that's reaching the world. Uh, What was your role here in Australia and then in the States? Yeah, thanks, Matt. I, look, there, there's no doubt that, um, you know, focus on the family, I think just by virtue of the fact that it, it, its focus was on families. I, I think we all grow up in families, and, you know, some of us have grown up in families where it's been incredibly uh, inspirational and very stable, and some of us have grown up in families where that, that hasn't been the case. And, and yet we all find ourselves in, in, in the context of family and, and uh, you know, marriages and relationships and raising kids and and uh, and all the challenges that that brings along the way, and I think for me at the time, because of my work with uh, with young people, um, you know, in, in the broader community, uh, I began to see that there was a, a need to come alongside uh, churches and and, uh, and and leaders to equip them to be effective in uh, in being a resource to families and, and to provide you know, uh, you know, whether that was workshops or radio broadcasts or. Uh, different programs that that could help, uh, but to do that in a way that would have an impact, and, and at the same time provide a standard of care or a standard uh, of, of excellence in the way that those services were delivered. So, you know, started the work, uh, the focus on the family in that, and uh, you know, was joined by many uh, many passionate staff and volunteers, and uh, who really just said, look, you know, um, families are vital to the health and strength uh, of our communities and of Australia. And, uh, you know, how can we help contribute to that and make a difference? And, you know, you're well known in Australia for your work with Focus on the Family, but then a move to the States. Tell us what happened there. At the time when I uh, went over, I went over to the US uh, at the beginning of 2004, and, um, you know, Focus on the Family had been going for a number of years. Dr. James Dobson, uh, you know, started the ministry back in 1977. And I think one of the, the, the challenges that often appears with ministries is keeping it fresh, and keeping it uh, relevant, and 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 I think in the U.S. in particular, it was a matter of how do we continue to to shape uh, the, the ministry to have uh, to be effective in meeting the needs of families. That quite frankly, uh, you know, increasingly in a society where people weren't attending church or where faith was not a big part of their life, and so how, how do we uh, reach out and respond to the needs of those families and 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 share with them, if you like, the the great principles and truth uh, from the Word, and, and to do that in a way that would really help support them as uh, you know, as husbands and wives and as parents in uh, in raising their children. Today we're speaking with Glenn Williams. 
Well, it was an amazing time uh, that uh, you know to hear an Aussie guy working over in uh, Focus on the Family US. How many years were you over there for in that role? Yeah, almost seven, Matt. You know, I went there for uh, said yes to three years, and <laughs> some, somehow managed to stay a little bit longer. Um, but uh, look, it really was an incredible time where we got to see God do some amazing work. And, um, you know, part of my role there was also coming alongside and helping focus on the family, uh, become more, establ- more established and grounded in other countries as well. So, you know, to, to work with people who are passionate about life and passionate about, about family and, and passionate about their relationship with Jesus and the, way, and the impact that that could potentially have as they minister to families in their respective countries, uh, it was really just a privilege to be part of that, to be honest. Now, I've been listening to Focus on the Family for years on the radio and, you know, names like Jim Daly and John Fuller. What, what was it like working with those guys? They're, they're normal people, aren't they? <laughs> uh, normal people, uh, you know, uh, uh, very good friends. Uh, we, you know, we, pay, we became very good friends. And, um, you know, and again, just uh, great to come alongside and see people just using their gifts mm. uh, in, in a way that was meaningful and uh, you know, on a mission, I guess, if you like, that um, was very much focused in strengthening strengthening families. And uh, But, you know, quite a privilege. I think that was one of the amazing things of being involved with Focus on the Family was meeting so many wonderful people, not only in the U.S., but, uh, you know, right around the world. And um, and I realized that um, no matter where we are and, and who it is, we could, we could all, we could all uh, model something that was going to have, that could have a a significant impact in the lives of others. Now, you, you're also involved in a ministry called Halftime Australia. And, uh, you know, I've, I've chatted in the past with John Sycamore and Peter Irvine and a lot of these uh, amazing uh, men and women of God who are really encouraging people to think about the second half of their life. Uh, give, yeah. give us a bit of a snapshot of what Halftime Australia does. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting, Matt, because... Uh, but, Really, I, I stumbled across Halftime, and I stumbled across John Sycamore. I, um, you know, I didn't know John at, at the time when I had relocated back to Australia after having been involved with Focus on the Family for, you know, probably almost uh, almost 18 years uh, in different roles. And so when I came back, it was very much, what do I do now? And, um, and it was quite an unsettling period. And, and uh, you know, I realized at the time, uh, you know, I was, I was coming up to 50 or about to turn 50. And, uh, you know, you, you sit down and you think, well, hang on a minute. The next decision could be a really important uh, decision in my life. Um, and what did I want that to be? And, you know, the impact on my family and the impact on, uh, you know, on others around me. And so I, I met John um, and, uh, and John just said, well, Glenn, you're in half time. Because uh, you're really in that season in life where, you know, you've had some amazing roles and you've, uh, you know, you've been part of some incredible things, but you know, you want to continue to have uh, significance or pursue a life of significance where you can make a difference for, uh, you know, for the kingdom and put those put those gifts and that experience to good use. And um, you know, halftime often talks about Ephesians, uh, discovering your Ephesians two ten calling, and uh, you know. Uh, again, what are the good works that God has prepared for you in, adv- in advance? Um, and so rather than just pursuing a second half in much the same way that you might have in your first first half, uh, if you may have pursued success and money and wealth and security and stability in, in your first half, and not that any of those things are wrong, but how can you leverage that and see that become a catalyst for wanting to make a difference from, from a kingdom point of view in your second half? 
It's such a great ministry, and I know that uh, there's been many. Uh, are they called round tables? The, the halftime round tables? Is that what they're called? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we call we call them round tables. It's been a it's 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 a fascinating model. It's where a group of between eight to ten people come together once a month, usually for about half a day, and it becomes an, an incredibly rich time of fellowship, but also a very honest time, a transparent time where people can. Uh, can be very honest about their own journey, about where they're at in a, a safe place. Uh, everybody signs a confidentiality agreement because, as you can imagine, uh, you know, you need people to be uh, very frank with themselves and, and with each other, and you don't need other people talking about what's going on, you know, in your life as mm. you as you uh, in a position of um, you know reviewing where things are at and evaluating next steps, and 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 so. We just find it by walking with other people, like-minded people on that journey in the context of a roundtable, it becomes a very safe place and a dynamic place at the same time of, of, uh, of sharing each other's respective journeys. And we, we introduce what they call roadmaps and where we share each other's roadmaps for the next month. And, uh, and then all of us ask questions uh, of each other in respect to those roadmaps. We try not to answer our quest- each other's questions because it's more important for us to go away and to process that and to pray about that and to, to then come back the following month and then represent the next, the next version of our roadmap. Today we're speaking with Glenn Williams. Well, it's fantastic to uh, hear about the lives being impacted through Halftime Australia. And the website, if people want to find out more, is halftime.org.au. Uh, and uh, covers uh, all around Australia, and it's it's based on a book from Bob Buford called Half Time. Uh, tell us about the heart behind that book. Yeah, so so Bob wrote a book. I, I think it was back 1994. I think that's when I recall receiving it for the first time. Actually, from a friend of mine who uh, was on the board of Focus on the Family Australia and uh, business a, a business leader. And uh, I was probably this naive 30-year-old uh, Matt, you know, who probably thought, you know, uh, you could conquer or do anything you wanted. And uh, I remember uh, getting this book, and it was given to me with, with the, uh, I guess, with the words of, you know, don't wait till you're my age. Don't wait till you're 50 or 60 and, and decide that you want to live a life of significance for the kingdom. You know, Glenn, you've got an opportunity. You're young. You're 30 years old. Um, you know, choose now to live a, live a life of significance, which doesn't mean, by the way, that you can't be successful. But how do you leverage that success and that influence uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a powerful way, in a, in a way that's going to multiply, uh, uh, multiply uh, the effect of the kingdom? And, um, and so that had a, a profound impact on me. And really, Bob's, uh, Bob's view was, uh, you know, uh, everybody has a half time. Everybody goes through a season of half time, and it's not simply just a matter of I don't know what to do next, or I might be g- going through a bit of a career transition. But it's really a matter of it's a season, mm. and just like uh, you know most football games and, and and so on. Whether it's in America or in Australia, you've got half time. You know, it's a half time is where you sit down and you reflect and you reassess where you've come from, and whether or not that strategy is going to work for you moving forward. Mm. And so- sometimes, depending where you're at. You need a different strategy. Yeah, and so that's uh, and that's Bob talks about that and the principles behind that halftime uh, in that book. It's a great book, highly recommended. Such a great principle, and there's a quote on the halftime website from Peter Drucker. It says, "People now have two lives. They're over prepared for the first and under prepared for the second." And uh, I think it's uh, it's so uh, good that this uh, is available for people to 
you know, think about, you know, not just starting well, but finishing well. What, what are you going to do with your remaining years on the planet? What's your purpose? Um, so I'm 43, Glenn. Should I be involved in this, do you think? Uh, is it about time for me? You know, am I half, halfway? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you're more than welcome to be involved in that. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I think what we've seen with halftime is, you know, it's not about age. Um, you know, we've had people over 70 join our roundtables. We've had people in their 30s join our roundtable. It really comes down to, um, you know, to a state of their heart and to where they're at uh, in their faith and in their desire to want to make, you know, to, to live a life of purpose. Mm. And uh, and so you know it, it's a matter of really sitting down and assessing, uh, you know, at that critical juncture, I guess, in, in your life of what do I really want next? Mm. And um, it, so it's a season. It's not not related to age. Uh, so you know everybody's welcome. Uh, but you know I just encourage people if you're in that space and you're wanting to live a life of purpose and you're not sure how to live that, certainly start with a book. It's a great place to start. Mm. And, uh, and by all means, you know, jump onto the website or ring the office and uh, you know, explore what attending a roundtable might be like. Fantastic. Well, you know, some days I get out of bed and I feel like I'm at three-quarter time. Uh, so uh, maybe <laughs> maybe I've left my run a bit late. But no, I, I definitely uh, want to find out more. Looks like a great uh, organisation. Some some great people involved too. I've, I've chatted to a number of people over the years that uh, have been impacted. Uh, once again, the website is halftime.org.au. And uh, Glenn Williams, it's been great to be able to hear your story today. Uh, I reckon you're a history maker, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.